Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 146, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Joining me, as always, the crew. Richard is back, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Happy to have you back. Hope you enjoyed your vacation. Good to hear from you. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Good to be back. Good to have you back. Good to hear your voice. We missed you. Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator. I didn't forget this week. <laughs> <laughs> what is up, oh, Seth? How's it going, guys? He's he's high off a huge Bills win this week. He's feeling great. Uh, we get to talk about some positive things this week. So starting it off, uh, we have some early Christmas... Uh, spoilers for Rivals of Ixalan that we will talk about. One is a reprint, one is a new card, so we will talk about those. Um, then we will talk about the RPTQ promos uh, that were revealed as well. Um, then we will have a Pro Tour preview. It is this weekend. Uh, there's actually a lot of things going on this weekend uh, with uh, them sending out uh, stress test arena invites. Um, so that is awesome as well. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with yet another full week of fish mail. <sighs> oh, it's a great day, so let's jump right in. Richard, take it away with the new cards. All right. Rivals of Ixalan releases in January, but for some reason we got two new cards today. So one of them is a reprint. It's a Merfolk Wizard, Silver Gill Adept, one in a blue, 2-1, originally from Lorwyn, I believe. Uh, as an additional cost yes. to cast Silvergill Adept, reveal a Merfolk card from your hand and pay three. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really in love with this card. Always have been, so I'm, I'm glad they reprinted this. Really happy. This is a huge boon to the uh, archetype and the tribe. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge deal for standard Merfolk. I think that that it's actually close now that we have Silvergill to being a standard playable tribe when it was, I think, maybe the furthest away from being standard playable with just Ixalan cards. So it's cool to see it getting more support. Also a pretty relevant modern reprint. The normal copies aren't really that expensive, but the foils are pretty expensive and the promo looks really cool. So I'm interested to see... I want to see if we get a lord. I think that's what Merfolk needs. If we get a Merfolk lord, pretty much any Merfolk lord, to go along with Silvergill Adept, we might actually have a competitive Merfolk deck in Standard. Yeah, as someone who's played Fish in Legacy and Modern, this is pretty much the best card in those decks. Uh, You want nothing more than four Silvergill Adepts in your hand when when you draw. So as long as there's a lord, which there must be a lord, right? Merfolk are known for lords. When they complete the block, and if they don't put a Merfolk Lord in, they're not, you know, living up to player expectations, which they always talk about. So there, there has to be a Lord. I expect it to be a three converted mana cost Lord, but a Lord nonetheless. So Silvergill Adept in a Silvergill Adept in a Silvergill Adept into Lords uh, is always a good combo. So I expect Merfolk to be a real deck, or at least, you know, try to be a real deck uh, when Rivals of Ixalan comes out. This is pretty much the best card in the modern and legacy versions of the deck. Oh, yeah, this is great. I, I do think a lord is necessary, I do, but I feel like they'll be a little more creative with one. Either they'll make it green, or it won't, like, it'll be a lord, but typically do something different. Uh, but I agree with you, Richard. This is one of the best card, if not the best card, in all the iterations of Merfolk. Um, 
I was a little surprised. I'm not surprised that they printed a card like, so reprinted rather a card like Silvergill Adept, because I mean they've been reprinting some pretty powerful cards in Ixalan. Uh, I now I'm not a Vortho, so if I have this wrong, please correct me. I was a little surprised because I thought Silvergill was like pretty like loosely associated or strictly associated rather with uh, Lorwyn, so I thought that was a little odd. Uh, but I mean, maybe that opens the door. Maybe like they can actually reprint something like Lord of Atlantis without having like an affiliation with anything. Uh, but I think if we were going to see a Lord uh, like a reprint, I think the one we would probably see is Merfolk Sovereign. Oh, that's yeah, that makes sense. That's probably one of the most reprintable ones. I don't think Meryl Regery would be impossible, but it might be too good. I like the idea of a green lord, though. Like, that would be an interesting way for them to put lords into Rivals of Ixalan, but still make it feel unique. If we had, like, a white vampire lord, a green merfolk lord, kind of the off-color tribal lords, I think that would be super sweet. The main reason I was surprised is Silvergill is very much like Merfolk Branchwalker. They're very similar cards, so that means Merfolk now kind of has eight copies of Silvergill Adept in the two-drop slot, which that by itself is just so much value in standard. Like, we see the, we were talking about it last week, how the modern decks are going into green primarily because Merfolk Branchwalker is that good as a second Silvergill Adept, and now we have that available in standard. So that's why I was surprised mostly, is I felt like Merfolk Branchwalker was the Silvergill Adept of Ixalan Block, but now we actually have the real one, too. All right, yeah, real quick, point. your prediction for a green lord or a simic lord, what would it be? Um, I just... I oh. I think they want to keep it three mana. So it's either one and simic or one and double green. Uh, like a one, three, all other merfolk get plus one, plus one, and something. Maybe, maybe they go with like forest walk for some weird reason or, or island walk or something. Uh, maybe they just stick with Island Walk, but Forest Walk would be weird, but kind of cool. And then it like a tap ability or something. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe maybe a straight up Lord that gives plus one plus one, but I don't think they'll do a Land Walk ability. I think they've we've kind of like moved past okay. Land Walk being a a mechanic. I don't know if it's impossible, but it's pretty uncommon now. But maybe something that. Yeah, tap Merfolk to make a Merfolk unblockable or something like that. I guess that's pretty much Merfolk Sovereign. So I expect it to be similar to Merfolk Sovereign. All right, I'm going to go with three to cast. It's a 3-3 three, three, because it's green. It's a lord. Ooh. It gives all your Merfolk plus oh, one, plus one. Okay. I really like Forest Walk, but I think Seth is right. Uh, it's it's not a thing anymore, but it would be cool to give the, the older decks a way to beat non-island decks. Because, you know, a sad thing to do is have all your Merfolk have Island Walk and your opponent actually has no Islands. But I think they're going to go with either Trample or, or Fight Mechanic. Like Tap, Tap, Fight? No, just Fight. When, like, a Merfolk enters the battlefield, you may fight. And it's, like, kind of fair because Merfolk are kind of small and crappy. So it's not, it's not like dinosaurs <laughs> fighting when they enter the battlefield. So, sure. so maybe that or just Trample. Give your give your Merfolk trample, or maybe they could just bump it up to Mythic and just give them all plus one plus one hexproof. Oh, really hexproof! Oh, no, oh, that's, no, that that that, <laughs> that would be good. Green for the win. <laughs> hey, I, well, okay, 
Uh, what is it? What's the one from Kamigawa? Oh, the one that they always play? Me- so glass something? Kira. Oh, Kira God. Great Glass Spinner. Kira. That's like kind of hexproof you, you already, You can't give right? this to the older decks because they also play Phantasmal Image. So you get the old oh, Dog Skull Captain no. Clone My Guy. My whole team is invincible. Hey, well, apparently they really want to make tribes a thing these days. So I mean, we already have Coppola, though, or Coppola, or however you yeah, say it. Which Coppola, is like sort of, sort of that for standard, I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Although it would be weird. Well, I guess we have eight Silvergill, like you said. So I guess we have eight lords, like kind of, because Kopala is sort of a lord. Not really, though. But it's always it's also three. Uh, it'd be weird. I'm hoping we they just do like the uncommon lords, like they did in Dark Ascension. Like I think that's that's oh, where I want to see. Like that. Like the uh, the ones, yeah, yeah. Like Diagraph Captain, Drog Skull Captain. Yeah, like, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, I think that would well, be Well, that cool. would kind of be like Regery, right? Yeah, except I think Regery might just be too good. I think the untap yeah. ability is, or the tap or untap ability is really strong. It might be too good for standard, but something similar. Or maybe they, they, maybe they tie it like it's a three mana something, and whenever you explore, all merfolk get plus one, a plus one, plus one counter, or something like that. They have to do like they have. I feel like they're going to be a little more creative and maybe tie in something from Ixalan like a mechanic. I don't know, but they could. I'm cool with just a straight up lord too. But I would love it to be green. Yeah, I just hope they do something to make older, like modern and legacy decks think about going green. So it it needs. It should be strong if you want to kind of push those players. All right, uh, we have an actual new card. We have Galta, Primal Hunger, 10 green green. So 12 converted mana cost. 12, 12, legendary creature, elder dinosaur. Galta, Primal Hunger costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of creatures you control. Trample. Yeah, this thing's crazy. Big boy. <laughs> elder dinosaur. Girl, that is sweet. <laughs> I'm just loving the Elder Dinosaur. It's a huge green monster that... Uh, I I think this is going to be... At least in dinosaurs, this is going to be pretty easy to cast. Like, I, I wouldn't get... I wouldn't put it past people to, like, easily cast this on turn five. I think this is going to be one of the most commonly overrated cards from Rivals of Ixalan. Oh, for sure. I think, like... The best case scenario is really strong. You go like Ripjaw turn three, Registar Alpha turn four, play this with Haze for two mana on turn five. That's awesome. But then you're also going to have games where you go Ripjaw three, Registar Alpha turn four, your opponent fumigates you, and you're left with a 12 mana card that you'll never cast in your hand. So I think maybe like as a one of or two of, I'm mostly excited for it for Commander though. It's another really interesting way to get around the Commander tax. So if you're playing like a mono green deck, it's a really cool commander since you should be able to always have big creatures. And even if it ends up costing 14, 16, 20 mana, as long as you have a bunch of creatures, you're going to be able to cast it really cheaply over and over again. Yeah. This also seems like it's just better than the general, like generic giant creature in EDH, right? Like even if it's not your general. I, I don't know. You guys play EDH more than I do. But to me, like if I'm just looking at a big just giant creature to play this seems better than a lot of them yeah i mean it is really big and trample is a relevant upside although doesn't trigger panoramonicon so eh. <laughs> oh 
Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be a good... It's like a, it's the most win-more card I've ever seen in Standard. Because you have like six power on the battlefield. You're like, yeah, I need to add 12 more. Like, usually <laughs> that's not going to happen. So if you have nothing on the battlefield, impossible to cast. Uh, maybe if you can cheat this into play. Uh, reanimation somehow. Some kind of sneak attack-like card uh, becomes pretty good. But like Seth said, Commander... Uh, at 12 damage, that's just like two hits with commander damage uh, with trample. And you can have big creatures to pay down the commander tax. The only problem is it's mono green. Dinosaurs are also in other colors, so it kind of makes yeah. makes it hard to make a dinosaur deck. And I don't know about this elder business. I'm still salty over the last Elder Dragons, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are the the, con- the dragons of Tarkir, whatever elders. I'm like, eh, yeah, it's a little overused. Is this is Gishath not an Elder Dragon di- dinosaur? Like, why is Galta an Elder dinosaur? Wait. Oh, is Gishath? I don't even. Think I don't so. think so. This is the first time we've seen Elder, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. This is the first non-dragon that's ever been Elder creature type right all right I'm pretty we, sure. we're gonna need an elder uh, throwdown yeah, here elder right. dragons versus elder elder dinosaurs uh, I, I i think even with the the old crappy legends elder dragons i think the dragons still have this one already. you just staple on cobbled wings <laughs> and you're good to go <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the elder thing definitely suggests some sort of cycle or semi-cycle yes. right like so there should be at least I do think white and red ones yeah yeah uh, oh yeah, for sure, white and red. Although it would be pretty sweet to have all five. Yeah, but definitely it, it would make sense that it's green, white, and red. I mean, I'm excited. Maybe you could still play this as a one of. But for me, like if we're still cause reducing dinosaurs, like I'd still probably rather play t- Carnage Tyrant. That still seems a little bit more scary to me and more resilient. Although. With, like, a Drover of the Mighty and Registrar Alpha, it's, like, only four mana, so it's pretty scary. I could see it being, like, a one-of. Maybe a one-of in a dinosaur deck, especially since it's legendary. Only thing more painful than having one of these rotting in your hand is having, like, three (laughs) of them rotting in your hand. So I could see it being a one-of, because the nut draw is pretty legit. Like, after Registrar Alpha playing this, having it come down with haste, like, that will close out a lot of games, and... If you look at the removal we have right now, and we don't know what's going to be in Arrivals, obviously, it's kind of Veraska's Contempt or Bust. Like, Fatal Push doesn't get it. 12 energy for Harness Lightning. Walk the Plank is Sorcery. So I think you can get in that one yeah, big hit right. and make it kind of scary. You're going to need a ton of Lightning Strikes to take this yeah, one that, down. I don't even think you, you need <laughs> the whole playset. <laughs> <laughs> but you are right. I mean, short of... I mean, everything is sorcery, but Varaska's Contempt at this point. So, yeah, that is that is pretty relevant. Interesting. I, I, I like this. I, I'm eager to see if there's other elder dinosaurs and, and what they end up um, what they end up being, because maybe one of them by, is, uh, is on the off chance really playable, um, if not this one. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's not going to be any elder pirates, because if there were, it should have been Admiral Beckett Brass, because she's quite literally an elder pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, uh, moving along. Uh, So we also have two RPTQ promos that are pretty sweet. We have uh, Mutavault and... uh, Or Mutavault. 
You mutate. Oh, mutation, right? Mutavolt. Um, and uh, what was the other one? Oh, Noble Hierarch. Yeah. Mutavolt is the um, uh, Grand Prix promo, right? Yep. And then yes, Noble Hierarch is the RPTQ promo. Yeah. And they both. Um, wait, does Mutavolt have new art? I forgot already. Yes, they both do. Yeah, they both yes. have new art. I, I like them. Uh, Mutavolt is definitely on theme, considering we're during an you know Ixalan and it's uh, tribal. Um, Noble Hierarch, they it hasn't been reprinted in a while now, and it wasn't in Iconic Masters. I don't know if it's still in Masters twenty five or Anniversary twenty five, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that set, but you know it's just another really good reprint, and and for a card that really needed it at this point. Yeah, I mean they're great promos. I think Mutavolt's not super expensive, but Noble Hierarch is, and they both look pretty awesome. So. I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty happy with the promo selection. Yeah, I'm very happy as well. I I think what was the last two? Is like Emrakul and what was the other? Ugh. I don't re- I don't re- Ink Moth? No. Was that the latest one? No, I don't remember. I think that was Ink yeah, Ink Moth, Emrakul, and the one before that was Stoneforge? Yeah, there was a Grizzle brand in there at yeah. one point. Might have been uh, So I I yeah, these two are definitely on point. Like two good choices for modern even though mutavolt doesn't see a ton of play uh still kind of fringe um and then you have noble which is pretty ubiquitous so and it needed some sort of reprint yeah they've been they've been pretty good with their promos i mean we've had snapcaster mage uh liliana uh so pretty solid uh the unfortunate thing is uh most players will not get these (laughs) Uh, RPTQ yeah. <laughs> is pretty hard to get. Uh, Grand Prix you can get if you just show up at a Grand Prix, so so that one's easier to get. So any chance probably should have had those reversed. Any chance Mutavault returns to standard, or did did we learn our lesson last time that happened? I, I think we learned. Did our we lesson learn our lesson? Time. Was it really that good in standard? Yes, it was that good. <laughs> it was pretty. Good. Even without tribal, it was that good. So imagine with tribal. <laughs> Although I don't put it back, pa- you know what? I don't put it past them. They, it seems like they want to print some powerful cards. So uh, maybe that's to offset a lot of the issues that we were talking about, Seth. Where Kaladesh just seems so much more overpowering than the other blocks. Maybe they're trying to print some uh, some spice to kind of even things out a little bit. Maybe like a watered down version. I don't know exactly what it would be. Okay. Maybe like more to activate or something. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> not that one. Not that watered down. <laughs> but uh, I would be a little scared of Mutaball being too good. Uh, what was the other one? What's the one from Meriden? Like crumbling stones or something like that. What's crumbling yeah. statuary or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll water it real down for you. <laughs> Gargoyle Castle. Gargoyle Castle. Oh time. God. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? Gargoyle Castle got a lot of hate. It wasn't that bad uh, when you when you really look back on it. I think it actually saw play at one point, like as a one of somewhere. I I pretty sure I remember seeing uh, a finishing list with a, like a one of Gargoyle's Castle or something like that. Was that is that what that card was called? I think it was called Gargoyle's Castle. I think so. What a what a shame. What a bad tribute to the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> the show was awesome. Gargoyle's Castle was not. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving along. Uh, so we have a pro tour this weekend. Um, as crazy as that sounds, uh, with everything going on, we have 
Magic Arena stress test invites. We have daylight savings time here soon. Uh, but there is a Pro Tour. Luckily, it's um, for us in the States, it's uh, domestic, so we don't have to stay up crazy hours. Uh, but we talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, we want to hear your take, Richard, um, since you haven't been able to kind of chime in on this. W- what are your thoughts? How are you feeling going into Pro Tour this weekend? Not very excited. Uh, <laughs> I think at this point it was a mistake to push the Pro Tour back this far. I I don't expect to see new decks. I am not even going to watch the limited rounds because <laughs> I've seen limited now and I don't care to wake up early to see that. So the question is, what will we see in the early rounds? Uh, did the pros pull their best decks all the way till now and they're going to unveil them or are we just going to see kind of the same old same old and just see kind of high level play and I expect it'll just be high level play I don't think we're going to get any spicy new decks and when they show us the interesting decks in rounds one two and three we're going to have the unfortunate experience of knowing oh yeah I've seen this deck it's actually not that good it just folds we don't have excitement uh the excitement of wondering if it's going to make it you know to day two or whatever so it'll be interesting to see how wizard spins the storyline and maybe we'll get we'll be in for some surprises maybe we will see some new decks or some innovation uh but i i think my general feeling is what i'm getting from the community as well i haven't seen much talk about the pro tour and i almost forgot it was coming up so (laughs) it's a pretty (laughs) mum pro tour compared to all the previous pro tours we've had i feel like i ask you most every pro tour because it's like you kind of have this take but for you is it enough uh (laughs) that huge innovation at the pro tour is like hey look we're playing uh abzan tokens um and we decided that mana is so good we can splash for the scarab god like is that enough for you okay so you want complete like dinosaurs would have to like actually be a thing yeah like some some kind of storyline basically right we i think we always want to root for the underdog or or something like that right whereas you know cutting the fourth removal spell and adding an extra finisher or something (laughs) is is not the same level of innovation unless you're you know very high level pro you're like oh yes yes right but like most people can't appreciate that me included so i just need to see dinosaurs smashing or something and we're like, oh, yes, you know, there was a dinosaur deck and everyone was keeping it under wraps for the last, like, two months. So that would be the most exciting pro tour, I think. Or, you know, it has to be something crazy like, uh, you know, Huey Jensen going undefeated the entire tournament or, you know, that kind of storyline to kind of salvage it. I'm just expecting Wizards to do the, like, choose the one Ixalan card in the deck and name the deck after it. So instead of, like, Teamer Energy, it'll be Carnage Tyrant Teamer. Or, like, Salty Energy, it'll be, like, Hostage Taker Midrange. Hey. Uh, no, t- okay, to be fair, everyone hated Ramanap Red, but that was a lot of uh, Amonkhet cards yeah, that, at the end of the day. I think that name ended up being legit. That, that like, name I think is fine. It, that, that's yeah. a very that name ended core up sticking. part of the deck. To, to, to your point, I, I do think they will do something like that, and it won't be as successful. <laughs> <laughs> now, as much as it would be interesting to see some, quote, innovation in, in the way of, hey, we're playing like this deck, but we decided to splash this and what, what have you... Like, that's cool. I guess it's maybe not as cool to when you realize that, wow, I guess mana's that good 
that pretty much we can start splashing for anything again, which kind of leads us back into that whole conversation we had about Aetherhub um, and uh, Attune, Seth, but... Yeah. Not to harp on that, but... Uh, yeah, it, it it would be nice to have some some sort of deck to break things up, but I, I just don't see us getting around the fact that the energy decks and the red decks are, like, that good. Um, I, I think we may see a little bit more of the gift decks because I've been seeing a lot more of those pop up uh, with, with really, you know, s- success. So maybe we'll see some of that, but I, I just think it's going to end up being, like, well, there's, like, four different types of energy, and, like, that's pretty much what we brought to the table. Uh, similar to what we were talking about in that top eight, Seth, where, like, Jund, quote-unquote, energy was, like, the thing. Um, I don't know. I just... I, I, I just kind of really feel like we're in that spot that we need rivals uh, for more support uh, for these tribal decks and, and what Ixalan is built around, because... Um, it, it felt like they really pushed the envelope in the Kaladesh block where uh, we were talking about you know this a lot with vehicles and will they print more vehicles uh, just kind of remembering back to our podcast and energy uh, but a lot of it was already kind of pre-built um, and it was really strong already uh, Ixalan does not feel the same way it definitely feels like it needs all of the cards in all of these blocks to, or sets to be uh, competitive so the for me the bad news is I think this might be the least hyped I've been for a rotational pro tour. Usually that's one of the most exciting yeah. pro tours because there's rotation, everything's different. And I think a part of that and maybe a big part of it was the world scheduling thing. Like we've had worlds, we had nationals which was another big event. So this pro tour it kind of feels like we just already know everything. So it doesn't have that same excitement. And we talked about this right after Worlds, but Worlds did a horrible job of, uh, just because of how the tournament is structured, of showing off the new cards. It's just, like, very ultra-spiky with no real uh, brews going on. So I think that that's the big long-term takeaway is... This scheduling idea, while it kind of sounded good on paper, I don't think it actually worked out good in practice, and I'd rather just have the Pro Tour first. The good news is, Teamer Energy is going to be in the format for, like, almost a year, but Wizards was smart enough to give us a modern Pro Tour coming up in the winter and the Team Pro Tour in the summer, so it's... (laughs) I'm not dreading the next... (laughs) Distractions. Yes, I'm not dreading the next four (laughs) Pro Tours. I'm only dreading two of the four Pro Tours. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I brought it up... Uh, I think it was last week or the previous week, Seth, um, when we were talking. Like, is it that bad? Like, you can't ever down... Like, you can't ever just get rid of something strong. Like, I feel like there's... As long as I've been playing Magic, even especially in Standard, there's always been a strong archetype and strong cards. So, as much as I would say that Kaladesh is kind of ruining everything... I think the the sooner we kind of accept that Teamer Energy and, to a lesser extent, the red deck are just the two really strong decks, I mean, I think we're kind of... I mean, it, so we want to be excited. We want to see new things. But it's not like it's in such a devastating spot that, uh, you know, there's two really good decks and there's still, like, three more viable decks outside of that. So we're looking at, like, five, maybe six, like, really... like viable archetypes is that really horrible this day 
Uh, I, I'm just kind of bringing up what a lot of the comments um, and some of the fish mail that was brought up. I mean, is that really terrible? I think we gotta just wait and see. Like, if yeah. right now Team Energy is like 26% of the meta, which is more than I'd like, but it's not like, oh my god, what's wrong with the format? But if we go into the Pro Tour and it's like 50% Team Energy or something absurd, I'll feel a lot differently about it. I think the biggest <laughs> okay. problem is the parasitic nature of Team Energy. I think that's why it feels different than other decks. Like, if you remember Abzan with Siege Rhinos, that was a really good deck, but... When new cards came out, it could incorporate them because it was just, like, good stuff. So if a good stuff card in your colors came out, it could slot into your Abzan deck. And the deck changed over the course of the year and the its years in standard. With Teamer Energy, because energy is so parasitic, it's like almost like no matter what they print in Rivals of Ixalan, unless they bring back energy, which they won't, like, you know that it's not going into Teamer Energy. Like, sure, maybe you get a Lightning Strike or something, but... The core of the deck just isn't going to change from now until rotation. So that's the part I think that makes Teamer Energy feel different to me than some of the past best decks. Is it feels like you know that there's not going to be any innovation or changes because the best energy cards are the best energy cards. Nothing else works in that deck. So it's just is what it is for the next 11 months or whatever until the next rotation. It's fair. But at the same time, you have red that's that's similar to the Abzan deck that you're talking about. I know you don't like mono red decks and and you don't personally enjoy playing them, but it is there to come to combat that. I don't really have a problem with the Ramanamp red deck. I think Ramanamp okay. red's fine. If anything, I think like it's cool that we have Ramanamp red being good in standard. So I don't know. For me, energy sure. feels different just because of how parasitic it is, and I just like dislike the mechanic. I guess so it. It's disappointing that a parasitic mechanic is the best deck in the format, I think. If Ramen Up Red was the best deck, I would be like, eh, whatever, I hate losing to it, but sure, something's got to be the best. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, because I was just going to ask, like, if if the roles were reversed, if Red was definitively the best, and it's sitting where Team or or Energy, we'll just call it for now, um, is sitting, um, that's fine? Like, you you don't care to lose to that as much? I think I would be okay with that, yeah. I think it's specifically the energy mechanic and how parasitic it is is what mostly bothers me about it. Yeah. Not necessarily lose, but it's just the, the success of it. it. It's, it's <laughs> like, really? Teamer Energy is the New England Patriots, right? And before that, it was, okay. you know, Coco. Before that, it was Absent, whatever, right? You just You just always root against the one on top, and you want some underdog to come in and upset them. You want some fresh upstart. You want some storyline. And I think I think that's what most people expect, too, based on how we've seen people react to the metagames. Uh, you know, whether this is mono-red, whether it's control, whether it's team or energy, when you have a deck on top that's been dominant for so long, people get salty against it. People want to see it go down. And I, I think that's what we want to see. We want to see team or energy get, you know, get destroyed right on the biggest stage right we want to see some innovation but whether that happens or not i don't know but to me it doesn't matter uh i, I guess what matters is how excruciating the mirrors are and i think the team or energy mirrors are actually pretty entertaining to watch uh, it's not like the whisperwood mirrors or whatever where it just never ends i i think they actually progress <laughs> and end pretty quickly so uh same with the uh red mirrors those are always super interesting 
seeing how people try to get to their hazards and, and finish each other off. So I think the mirrors this time around are a lot more interesting than some of the decks we've had in the past. But other than that, it's, it's all kind of the same. You just have the boogeyman deck and everyone wants to see it get beaten. All right, so fish mail. You can send these in every week. Um, best way to, for Richard to see these is hashtag MTG fish mail on Twitter. Uh, so take it away, Richard. All right, first question from Quinn. Uh, on Magic Arena, what if instead of a game or match clock, uh, it was a turn-based clock like Hearthstone, uh, but it would be a dynamic for Magic where you add a certain amount of time for each card played and each trigger. So not a static chess clock, but... When you take some actions, it adds more time for you. I actually really like that. It would keep people on track to not slow play. And for those that are trying to use combo decks, it kind of uh, kind of forces people to play through it a little bit better and to have um, knowledge of the of the combo and kind of keep things moving. I like the idea. I don't know how hard that is to implement. I like the idea, although I'm a little worried, uh, like, Basalt Monolith or something, that you can just, like, tap and untap to itself. I know you'll eventually run into someone who's salty about their draws, and and they'll just sit there for, like, ten minutes tapping it back and forth. So that that would be my concern, but I do like the idea. Yeah, I like the idea in general, but there are other cases it doesn't solve. Like, for example, you have a very big attack. Uh, you're not doing anything. There are no triggers or anything, but you need to go through all the combat math. How do you spend more time on this turn than, you know, the early turn? Uh, so the chess clock kind of does that, but this doesn't. So maybe if it takes into account complexity of the board. Uh, but basically, slow play from a judge today is totally subjective and weird. So I don't know how they're going to encode that into MDG Arena, because even in Paper Magic, we don't have any hard and fast rules for it. Uh, next question from Radar0002. Which legendary creatures do you want to see made into Planeswalkers? I'm going to back to Onslaught Block because it was the first thing that popped in my mind when I read the books. I think, uh, well, I, I think the character's gone at this point, but uh, Jessica, Warrior Adept, would be a pretty sweet Planeswalker. I'm just going to go with Scarab God. I think Scarab God Planeswalker would be sweet. Uh, this doesn't make any sense, but I like Thalia. I think Thalia should be Thalia the new Elspeth. Awesome Elspeth is gone. Oh. Dunzo. I thought, oh, I like that, actually. I thought for sure Richard would say Baron Sanger. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Baron Sanger. Baron Sanger is like a legitimate <laughs> a legitimate answer that might work from a Vorthos perspective. So since Soren's like trapped in a you know concrete slab wall... For X amount of time, it should just be. Yeah, I'm gonna forget it. Autumn Willow. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I like that one too. What about Grandmother? Oh, Grandmother Singers, <laughs> pretty good. <Yes. laughs> uh, oh, please return to Homelands. You can do it. <laughs> just, just make it like three cards in the unset. <laughs> just return to Homelands. Just oh, oh man, that's a good Willow. question. What? planeswalker do you expect in the unset because you know there'll probably be one what is our unset planeswalker i think it has to be like urza or something what if they just put Tibble as is (laughs) (laughs) that would be pretty that would be sweet that would be sweet like no changes just a straight up two mana water that'd be awesome that would be that would be awesome yeah they should they actually really should do that that would be great that would be really sweet 
All right, next question from Amino MTG. Have been playing a format called Horizon, basically Frontier with only commons and uncommons. What do you guys think? Interesting. I didn't even really think that Frontier sounded particularly fun to me, so I think that even more restricted Frontier sounds even less fun to me. <laughs> this is what 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 if you think just, of it like popper but with uncommons but with a smaller set base? I just personally But then like why is it just limited to the frontier card pool? I, I don't know, I man. Think, this is the format. <laughs> Do you think it sounds fun? <laughs> but I want my I want my like plane shift layers. Where are my layers? I think for me, I just like big formats. Because the more cards, the yeah. more brewing options. So I think not to say that format's bad, but just for me personally, the bigger the format, the more I enjoy it usually. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what a deck looks like in this format. So if we can actually <laughs> see what the decks look like, it, it might be interesting. Uh, but it's a nice budget yeah. way to use all your draft leftovers and, and play MTG. My only issue with Frontier, my only ever issue with Frontier was the Fetchlands. I never liked uh, KTK being in that mm-hmm. block, or in that format. All right, Orcish Veteran, new video series, Seth versus Chaz, MTGO Freeform, current standard versus old, Energy versus Abzan Rhino. That actually sounds like that would be a Goat Magic episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that could work. They, they, yeah, Goat is Goat Magic is definitely similar to this, but those are like the most iconic. Those tend to be the most iconic. Yeah. Decks, what, what do you right? think the better deck is, Energy or Abzan Rhino? If they squared off today. Oh, I think I think Abzan Rhino. Abzan Rhino, I think, has better mana and probably better removal and threats. I'm gonna go Abzan Rhino too. Cause didn't it have didn't it have like Murderous Cut and stuff like that? The although if if and Thoughtseize? Yes. Although I will say. If we're talking teamer energy before Marvel banning, then I'm probably going. <laughs> then I'm probably going with a uh, teamer energy. Mm. But then it's like just the yeah, Marvel, it's Marvel, list. not like the aggressive one. <laughs> it's the same list, but you add Marvel and Emrakuls. Well, which bannings? Let's let's be specific here. Do you do you get Emrakul or do you get Ulamog? <laughs> oh, oh, I think both matter? would be better. <laughs> I think I think Abzan would still take it down. Really? Hmm. Yeah, it has Thoughtseize. Well, maybe we'll have to put this to the test. It has Thoughtseize, and I'm pretty sure it had, like, something close to Oblivion Ring. But turn four Emrakul. <laughs> how do you... How does, how does anything turn four match Emrakul, up to that? Just, like, turn six Emrakul. <laughs> because you just Thoughtseize Just, like, normal it. hard You just Thoughtseize it. <laughs> Wait, and you can... Oh, yeah. I guess... Well, you just murderous cut it, and then you just take your turn. <laughs> Just do whatever. <laughs> All right, next no question. Big, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Only way, if Kaladesh isn't stronger than Khans of Tarkir, and it's, quote, all relative, would you prefer future sets to be KTK level or Amonkhet level? Amonkhet level, 100%. Yeah. I hated KTK block. I feel like standard would be at its best if everything was roughly Ixalan, Amonkhet level. Yes. It, the problem yes. we're having right now is one set is way above that, I think. Yeah, we talked about... Like, if Kaladesh was somehow removed and it was just Amonkhet and Ixalan right now, I think it would actually be an awesome standard. And standard's not horrible. We should make it clear. Standard like, is not, not horrible. Standard's horrible. We're not trying to sound uh, like just, that, but it would be better without Kaladesh block, I think. Like, if... Ka- yeah, if Kaladesh was... Literally just another Amonkhet-esque block, 
I mean, we'd be we'd be rolling right now. No. I just think that's where standard inevitably has to go. It's I I think it's just kind of folks like us that are holding on to something that is just not there anymore. I mean, I know I keep making jokes about Hellrider and stuff like that, and like uh, all the all the crazy decks that we were used to, and like Ravnica and Kamigawa with like Gazi Glare and uh, Owling Mine and stuff like that. It's just standard's not like that anymore. I think it needs to be. L- Air on the side of a lower power level for it to be better. I kind of like rotating through higher and lower power levels. You just got to solve the transition period, which I don't know how you would solve that. I, I don't think you can. I think that's like what we're, what we're facing yeah. right now. But if you keep having watered down standards, then you never get any new cards for older formats. Or it's pretty hard to, for them to break in. So, so I do yeah, like, and I, I like being excited for Lightning Strike. You know, if they if they never gave us like terrible burn, we would never we would never be excited for it. So this this cycle, you know, makes recycles cards pretty well. <laughs> Jordan K. Young, I started playing Moto to play Legacy, but some people are expecting a market crash because of Arena. Do you think it could happen soon? Should I wait before dropping six hundred dollars on a deck? Uh, well, I'll leave the second part of that question to Seth, but. I still think there's a good amount of time before we have to worry about MTGO and the whole market crashing and MTGO being gone. We're we're well away. Like, we're totally far removed from that right now. Yeah, I agree. And even, like, triply so for Legacy. Like, there's... It, even if we start to see impacts on Moto from Magic Arenas, that's probably at least a year or two away just in general, and then it would be standard that would be the first thing. So I feel like with Legacy, the odds of that being on Arena in the next five years, and maybe ever, are pretty low when you consider all the animations they have to do, how much work it is to do all those cards. So I feel like your Legacy investment is pretty safe over the short to midterm. All right, next question. Chris Andrews, 111. When is the best time to buy Unstable Lands? Will they be expensive considering they will be competing with Unhinged? I think they will always be fairly expensive, especially for it. It's a really interesting question. I think it goes back to how much Unstable is opened. Like, is the set... Uh, if if the set is unsuccessful, then the lands will be much oh, more expensive. Un- then <laughs> then if it's successful so i think i don't really know like what's your where are you guys at as far as unstable do you expect a How? lot of the product to be opened and a lot of people to be cracking boxes and stuff no i don't i i, I unhinged wasn't that long ago um and i would have to think it would be fairly similar supply you know numbers to now uh, maybe not directly, but fairly similar. Uh, it is a kind of a more modern set. Uh, and I just, for me, it it was like a one-time thing that everybody kind of bought into, had fun one time, and then never drafted it again. And that's kind of at least my experience of it. I, I, I don't know many players and, you know, stores that I've been to that were constantly drafting unstable, like, you know, all day or for, like, multiple weeks. Like, maybe one day and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I don't think 
people are gonna buy much of this. They should have made it like a third of the price. Uh, you know, I, I don't see how people can justify spending a hundred dollars on a booster box for silver bordered cards they can't use anywhere else. Uh, maybe once as you know a for fun thing with your play group, but week in and week out I can't see you doing this. So I, I don't think it's gonna be that popular. I'm actually quite surprised Wizards decided to print this, but you know, for that one draft we do do, it's going to be a blast, but uh, I don't know what they're going to do to sell the rest of the product. Well, then the lands will probably be relatively expensive, I would assume. Plus, like, yeah, the just... lands will eat up most of the EV, since all the other cards, like, who yeah. like who needs singles of silver-bordered cards? So they're not going to be worth very much, so yeah, I think the lands will be somewhat expensive. I, I can't remember the last time I sold an un unhinged card. Like I think they're mostly all still sitting somewhere, It'll, if not buy listed by but now. But do you guys but think the, the lands would be desirable? I mean, we have so many promo now, see, lands this is, to this choose is from the, at this point. Yeah, that, this is what I was getting. Yeah, this is what was my second point. Is the problem is is when Unhinged was released, full art lands were still not very. They weren't as common as they are now. So I, I don't know because there's been. Amonkhet land or the Amonkhet lands, then there was the Zendikar lands, uh, then there's these promo lands from uh, the what is this the like the 1990 wait what is that the Kari Zev and Colossus thing I forget what that is now oh yeah I I know what you mean uh yeah I I don't know if they're full art but they're promos and they're like from Rebecca I think I. I think that they'll be... Or Therese. No, I think they're... I think that the Unstable Lands will be pretty desirable. Like, I think they're different enough from Full Arts with the No Border thing that some people will really want them. The art is good, and they're not just like, oh, another Full Art Land. It's There's a twist, enough of a twist to it that I think some people will want them for their decks. All right. Yeah, they're, they're going to hold a price tag for, for a while. Non-foils should be... A few bucks uh, and the foils. I mean, who knows? I think I think unhinged foil islands are still like sixty bucks in that range somewhere. I mean, the other question is, do they just use them for something else? Like, do these show up in one of the next standard showdown packs or those right. like uh, the buy a box booster packs Oof. a year from now? Which yeah. would that would really cut down on the price if they kind of cash in these lands in another way in the future? Yeah, I, I don't think so. But they could, yeah. There, there's definitely the possibility, but I don't think they would. They haven't done it before, so there's no precedent. All right, next question from Regu1U5. Would y'all be willing to add show notes of cards and articles you reference? If it's too much work, it's okay. Uh, we try to do that for spoilers, and the article yeah. on the website has articles, but we'll add them to the YouTube comments as well. Uh, next question, Tom Bigwood... Should a small card pool in standard mean a five card limit instead of four? So this is like I can have five lightning strikes in my deck as opposed no. to four. I think four is a pretty tried and two, yeah. true number. And I, ah, we've heard different suggestions, less, more. Three, I'm pretty happy yeah. with just sticking with four. I think it works out pretty well. Yeah, I, And I think it's it's gone on for such a long time that I don't think there's any reason to deviate from four. All right, uh, Zeno's fan too. A friend and I wanted to start a podcast. Any tips, finance especially, oh. and or things you wish you knew when you started? 
Huh. Always have the backup recording. <laughs> the backup <laughs> that's, recording. That's a big one. Always, <laughs> always back up the backup. Um, yeah, I think in terms of audio, you want to start doing what we did was record um, local recordings. Uh, that definitely helps. And don't delete the backup but, until you know it's no longer needed. I remember yeah, one time we, we had yeah. the backup. And then you know, we were recording, and then we were about to release something went wrong. We're like, hey, do you have the backup? Like, no, I deleted it. Like, oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, another tip is really kind of decide early on what your I kind of not the identity of the podcast, but how you want to conduct the podcast. Are you, you know, PG, PG thirteen, X, you know, rated, rated R? Uh, I mean, X-rated. we. <laughs> You know, I, you know, who knows? I don't know what people listen to these days, but um, you know, it it, it really kind of depends on what you're covering, uh, and and why why that, and what is your take on it. Uh, I would try to find a specific, you know, niche to to fill in, in that regard. But uh, for us, th- something that I guess we figured out as we gone along is that the fish mail really piles up. <laughs> And it could pile up really quickly, and uh, we've had to, you know, go through a number of different changes over the course of doing the podcast to kind of keep things on track and just kind of, you know, for all of our schedules, just kind of keep things condensed, you know, so kind of pick how long you want to be uh, and, and what you're covering in those segments and, like, kind of keep a flow. I vote they should do X-rated, just because I want to know what an X-rated magic podcast actually <laughs> would be know. like. What would I that really be don't like? know what that entails. I don't even know what. Yeah, I don't know. That would you be crazy. The wrong questions now. Your Reddit inboxes are going to be filled with things you don't want to see. Oh no! A <laughs> uh, oh, good dear. thing I, is I don't go on Reddit, so uh, jokes on the Arcadian. Do you think Volus will use the Eternals and Planar Bridge to attack Dominaria? Would you like Eternals there? What are Eternals? Like, I embalm creatures? Those things? I'm guessing, like, that come back as zombies? I, but I'm not a Vorthos oh, person. Oh! Yeah, like, the things with, like, the blue armor on them? The embalm- Eternalized stuff. There we go. Okay. I want Dominaria ah. to be, like, Time Spiral Part 2. I want it to be very yeah. old-school, traditional. So, I'm gonna say no. I would be sad if we have... Nicole Bolas or Emrakul or something like that. I want this to feel yeah. like an old magic set. Very nostalgic is what I would like to see. Although, don't take Seth's suggestion as giving us, you know, Damnation and Blue Sarah Angel and, you know, all that. Like, just keep keep that stuff out of there. But, yeah, just give us some good old-fashioned Dominaria. Yeah, Dominaria means Phyrexian. Yes, no. yes. Well, they're, they're uh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but I don't know if I that's want to fine. see Elish Norn on Dominaria. <sighs> well, she's on like Roden. Well, what what, right? what if this becomes Eldrazi versus Phyrexians or or whatnot on Dominaria? <laughs> God, that I think that would be. Awful. <laughs> I think that would just be awful. I'm sorry. Canadian <sighs> crawler. Imagine if all tournaments. Uh, you had to have at least three cards from each standard legal set. Could that fix standard? Man, uh, back we, to we Pro Tour a lot one. Of these questions. Yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah, that they used to be a thing. Yeah, that. I know. I yeah, I I know. Uh, 
if it means we get to see cards like Trapdoor Spider again, or or that caliber, you know, innovation. I'll, I'll say innovation. I, but uh, yeah, I would. That, that's fine. From I, I would I would be fine with that. From my perspective, looking at the old deck list, I don't think it actually worked. Like it felt like <laughs> you had to play Fallen Empires, so you would just put three cards you never intended to actually use in your sideboard from the set just to meet the requirement. So instead of like making the format more diverse, it just made your sideboard smaller. <laughs> you essentially, know, you know what? It's actually funny you said that because I read uh, the oh, man. Brian David Marshall wrote an article about this from those from that particular tournament, and he was doing interviews, <laughs> and a lot of people were recalling that they would build their deck and then have to like cram three random cards into their sideboard. <laughs> and I remember it was like one interview. Someone said they had to like put Autumn Willow <laughs> randomly in their sideboard, and that like one game out of the entire tournament, Autumn Willow like actually came through in the collection. So. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, it was like really awkward. I thought you were gonna say they drew Autumn Willow and lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, they won. It was actually really funny. It was is either that or Banalash something. It was like some six mana white card or something like that. Maybe it was Autumn Willow or that some other card. But they used it like one time. Never thought they would use it. They used it one time, won, but then they like never used it again. All right, next question from Jono the Macum. Can you tell me why you think? Counters Coco is awesome, and Storm is awful when they basically do the same thing. Uh, I don't know if I ever said Counters Coco is awesome, but I think that Storm is more degenerate because it's easier to interact with creatures than it is in the stack in a format like Modern that doesn't have good counter spells or that many good stack interaction type spells. So that would be my thinking. Yeah, the only way to actually Fair. stop Storm is to stifle like once it gets going. So it's hard to interact with the stack. But I don't know why people hate Storm more than other combo decks. I hate all combo decks equally. <laughs> uh, Lords Swordfish. Is Seth planning to go to Grand Prix, New Jersey in December? I'm flying from North Ireland to work on the staff and would be honored to meet him. I had not thought about that. I honestly didn't even think know that there was a GP in December in New Jersey, but I will have to look into that. All right, next question. Edie Vanta, separate unbanned modern league would solve the what should be unbanned question. Not all cards unbanned, though. I think it would be awesome to have a no banless modern league just for like data gathering on Magic Online. Run it as one of the special like how they do those flashback gauntlets with constructed decks. Do just open up for like a couple weeks, no banless modern, get a bunch of deck lists, see what happens and go from there. I think it would be a cool like one time special event to do. I I would go further. I would just let it run. Or that I would just I would just let it run concurrently with you know, I mean, obviously I don't think there should be a buy-in. I think it would just be just for, like you said, data collecting and testing purposes, and just let it run. Yeah. I don't see an issue. I, I kind of like the limited time, so it makes everyone show up at the same time, so you actually have fast queues. Uh, but if it's very popular, they can just keep it going forever. I mean, it doesn't cost them anything really. Uh, next question, also from Edie Vanta. Do you think we'll have a fixed Felidir Guardian before Kaladesh rotates? The combo potential looks fun. Mm, as in, like, another Felidir Guardian or... Uh, like a, a Felidir Guardian, but doesn't... <laughs> yeah, uh, probably a Felidir... Oh, maybe an Arata. 
Well, they ratted hostage takers. Well, so yeah, they probably like, should do Literally straight that. broken. <laughs> Whereas I don't know if they would rat a functioning card to to do that. Not j- just to not hit planeswalkers. I mean, we could definitely get another blink creature. We've had them in the past, so I think it's possible we have something yeah. like a restoration angel or some sort of like a flicker wisp. Yeah, so we could get something along those lines. I think we have wisp weaver angel in the format right now still, so. I think it's possible, but I don't think Felidar Guardian would come back. All right, Desi Nohe, what is unhealthier in the modern format? Free mana, Simeon Spirit Guide, Box Opal, or cards that inhibit gameplay? Blood Moon, Chalice. Unhealthy? Those are like the best parts <laughs> of the modern format. <laughs> Both. <laughs> well, given their string of bannings, I'm going to say free mana is always, always, always dangerous. Because you can't interact with free mana because it's free. <laughs> so they can just cast their stuff without you being able to do something about it. Uh, next question. Landon Tobias made top 64 of SCG Open Cincy with Jund Burn. Any chance Seth will make videos of this deck style? There's always a chance. <laughs> what? Even though I don't like burn, you never what is, know. What is John burn? Is that just bump in the night? <laughs> I think it's just burn, but you're trying to play Vexing Devil and then claim to fame Vexing Devil back from the graveyard to deal more damage. Oh. But it's basically a normal burn shell with, with claim to fame and Vexing Devil incorporated into it. All right. Canadian syntax. Oh, the name is I Goldfish Faster. How about Scoops <laughs> and the Janky Brewers as the Goldfish band name? I, Seth, I are you starting like a new nice. band? <laughs> nice. If we, if we ever have a pro tour team, we should make them be named that, whether they like it or not. <laughs> Run Thundersnow, if they finish off the Dried Arbor Cycle, what would the other creatures be? Oh. They shouldn't finish what, the what cycle. Is dry, dried Arbor doesn't have an ability, right? <laughs> Does it have Forest Walk or does it have nothing? No, it just taps for mana. No, yeah. So wouldn't the other cycle just be tapping for the mana? Other creature other types. Yeah. 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 Or I guess maybe the creature type? Uh, what would the creature type be? It's a, like, I really don't know. I don't know. Probably the normal stuff. Soldier for white. Yeah. I don't think it really works for the other colors, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. I, Dryads was like a very mystical like kind of creature that... Like inhabits forests and like that made sense. Can have I some don't know, swamp like, creature or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess like a swamp, like a swamp yeah. thing. Yeah, the, it's creature type thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually. Oh, imagine the the name on it is swamp, and then its creature type is thing. <laughs> yeah, that could maybe that'll be an unstable. We're creating so that many unstable awesome. cards this podcast. Uh, hey. <laughs> What do you know? All right. Quilted Train, do you think Wizards will use MTG Arena for feature matches at the Pro Tour or at Grand Prix? And is it a good idea? I don't know if we're at that point yet. But I I do envision that we will have some high-level play of Magic on MTG Arena at some point. Like five years from now, maybe? I I guess we'll have to wait No, I think sooner than that. I think sooner than that. Yeah, I can't imagine Watsi creating this but not showcasing it on their biggest stage in some way. I, so yeah. You think so? Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe three to five, yeah. When you maybe, be- maybe it will take that long because, again, I, I just keep rem- forgetting that, like, we're still in beta. It's, like, not even out and yet. Not even, I, like, I do think it... Actually in beta, yeah. It's, like, Probably just three to five. Yeah, I don't know. I think 
Yeah, probably I think three to five. I think you'd be more likely to have the arena championship series or something like like they have on Magic Online, like a ramp up, or okay. maybe like a high end tournament series that's specifically for that. Sure. But I don't know if they'll because I think they still want to sell paper cards. Like I don't think arenas designed to. What, take away the paper what, what game. What if the Pro so. Tour is, instead of the dual format of draft and constructed, it's arena and paper? Oh. Huh. It's like... Yeah, I like that. Oh, let's see. He, he's an expert in arena, but, do you but draft let's see if you remember arena? triggers in paper. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Right? <laughs> like, I, or maybe they just have their own... I think maybe leaning towards what more Seth is saying, like their arena... MTG Arena kind of it's having its own circuit and then having like the MTG Arena championships or something like that. Do you have any concern that if Arena takes off, there'll be a whole generation of Magic players that don't know how to tap their lands properly because they're used to Arena just doing everything for them? Like a really... I mean, what's wrong with that? Like if (laughs) they've never played paper because they only play Arena, like why do they need to know how to tap their paper lands? What happens when they want to play paper? What happens if they qualify for but the if, Pro Tour? Well, what happens <laughs> if you're to... a paper player and you never used Moto before and you F6-3 your attack staff? Like, I don't know. Well, that that definitely happens. <laughs> I curve. can attest to that one. That definitely happens, so uh, I'm okay with it. Last question. Viper Johnny B, could you explain where some MDG terminology comes from? Cantrips, Hate Bears, Stompy, etc. That's a That would be a good video, <laughs> Seth. I we need yeah, yeah, we I have no idea. That. All right, do you know where any of these actual <laughs> cantrips? Where does that come from? I don't know. Hate bears is easy. Uh, grizzly bear is the bear, yeah, and hate, hate is just like the hate aspect of the card. So that's why they're called hate bears. I feel like I remember what Stompy is, but I think there was a card, and it was like just kind of what went was from the original Stompy deck? I don't even know. I think it was uh. Man, I can't remember now. I would have to look that up. That's a really good question. We were we're definitely going to get back to that one. That's a, that's a fun one. That yeah, is a really good video idea. Weekend. I like it. There's that's some our easy homework ones, for this though. week. Mill comes from the card Millstone, which makes you take two cards. It's an artifact. You tap it, and you take two cards off the top of the library. Put in graveyard. Uh, yeah. Uh, reanimation from reanimate. Yeah. I think. I assume. Yep. I can't think of counter spell from counter spell <laughs> bounce. Where does bounce come from? Is it is it the original mm-hmm. bounce like unsummon or boomerang, which doesn't use the word bounce yeah, in any way? Unsummon. Yeah, I don't know where uh, bounce came from. I guess it's because it it doesn't really die, so it just yeah. goes back to your hand. So it's like kind of like a bouncing thing. Maybe there is. Maybe we'll put bounce. together something for this because it's actually pretty interesting, especially yeah, for new we're, players. We're, I, I'm gonna do my homework. On, yeah, I'm gonna do my homework on this. This, I, this that's a really good question. All right, and we'll end on that note. So thank you everyone for sending in your fish mail. Awesome. Uh, send them. Oh, wait, All right, wait, gentlemen. Send them to at goldfish oh, with the hashtag #mdgfishmail, <laughs> and we'll get to your questions. Now you can finish. There we go. Now nah, there we go. All right, gentlemen. Uh, we will see you all after the pro tour. That's going to wrap it up for this week. It is about that time. Hope everyone uh, enjoys it. Um, And uh, I'm sure we'll all be talking over the social airwaves. Uh, So, yeah, we will see you all next time. Great podcast. And uh, thanks, folks. It's the crew signing out.